0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450
1: Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at wgnsradio.com. What is up? Welcome to The One Show, giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. Check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S, CFP.com. CFP obviously standing for Certified Financial Planner. Still the top designation in the biz, if you're not working with an independent Fee only CFP. Better get a second opinion. Is all I can tell you. A lot of sales hacks out there. They hate being called sales hacks. And I guess it is a little offensive if you are a sales hack, right? So what do I mean when I say that? I have. I don't know if I've ever went into detail of why I feel this way. So give me give you a little backstory. Typically. When a person comes out of school, or maybe makes a transition from one career to the financial advice career, they typically get in on the sales side of the business. Meaning, they go out and get an insurance license, which gives them the ability to sell life insurance, uh, annuities, other types of insurance. Now, I'm talking about insurance as far as home and auto that's different. If you're doing financial advice, usually you get an insurance license if you're a salesperson. Life insurance, annuities, that kind of thing. Long-term care. You also get an investment sales license. That could be, typically it could be a set Series 7 license that gives you the ability to sell investments on commission. And they may take it further and get other uh, licenses where they can charge fees as well. But they come in on the industry side where they have expectations to sell. Expectations to sell certain amount of life insurance. Expectations to sell certain amount of annuities certain amount of investments. And if they don't sell that level of those products, they're typically shown the door. So the culture is very much framed around sell, sell, sell. That's like a Jim Cramer thing, right? Probably doesn't have that patented. And what that creates is this mentality that if I'm selling, I am doing good work. As long as I'm selling within the the confines of the, the law, Uh, that I'm doing good work, and what a a sales hack will do, and there are people, now they are rare, there are some that are still operating on that side of the business that do everything properly, just as if they were fee only. And typically, those advisors, you know, they're still taking commission, so that would be a little bit of a misspeak. But as far as their advice they're giving, they're not swayed Because they're selling a product that pays them. But it's psychology, right? You're sitting there with a client. And you could say, let's put $500,000 into investments that don't pay me anything. Or $500,000 into an investment that pays me a 10% commission. Or whatever the commission. You don't think the average person that has a family to feed is going to go, Hmm, left a little dilemma here. And the majority of people on the sales-oriented side of the business struggle to do what's in your best interest. That's a sales hack. They don't believe they're doing anything wrong, but legally they're not. And the reason legally they're not, because just because it's not in your best interest meaning there's something out there that would serve your situation better, just because it's not in your best interest doesn't mean they're breaking the law. There's That's the two standards. The suitability standard, if it's suitable for you, totally legal. And there's the fiduciary standard, meaning best for you. Now, they'll all make claims that they believe this is best for you. And many times, it's BS. So what do you do? Well, it's like anything else. You know, It's the anti-woke movement or whatever we want to get into it, any level of, you know, maybe it's a business that has a bad reputation. How do you get back at an industry? Stop spending your money there. As a client, if you want to get back at those who are not serving the majority of their client's best interest, stop using them. Well, that just means what I say all the time independent they're only working for you not a bank not an investment firm they have a credential that says they know at least some level of what they're talking about certified financial planner and they could be a sales hack and be a cfp independent fee only certified financial planner they are choosing their compensation method They are deciding, I'm going to be on this asset gathering sales hack side of the business, or I'm going to be on this conflict of interest free side of the business. They made a choice. It's not your fault, but you have options. If you work with the right type of planner, tons of information online, you'll be very, very hard pressed to find anyone that says uh, that disagrees with fee only being the purest, most transparent way of receiving financial advice, does that automatically mean that your guy or girl is giving you bad advice? No, it does not automatically mean that, but it does surely raise the probability that how your investments are being managed and the cost you're paying for your advisor and the cost you're paying for your investments and the types of financial products that may not be truly best for you does raise the probability that that is happening to you. So make sure you get a second opinion from independent, fee-only CFP. Jason Qualls, CFP.com for more. And this is one of my big pet peeves with, well, with many, most radio shows, okay? I I don't listen to financial talk radio much anymore. Uh, These days, it drives me insane. It's like watching political talk. Um. But this is the biggest pet peeve with financial talk radio. The majority of them doing it have an agenda. Their agenda is to sell you a book or sell you a a seminar or a live event or get you in their office for a free quote unquote consultation because they want to put you in some hack job annuity product. And you're sitting there listening going, oh, this is entertaining. Oh, I'm learning. They're trying to serve me. And they're very good at public speaking. You buy into it, and I just—I don't know—it just irks me. So going back to the back, my background—I entered in on that sales side of the business, and I got rid of it very, very quickly. Transitioned to my own firm because I wanted to be totally open and honest and transparent with my clients about the advice I was providing, and if I was telling them or, or recommending they do something, I did not want an incentive. To steer them a certain way, I wanted to look at it objectively. Now, my opinion may be different than another advisor's opinion, but if you take my advice, my compensation doesn't change. If you do not take my advice, my compensation doesn't change. If you take some of my advice, my compensation doesn't change. I'm only giving the advice because I believe in it. That's the type of advisor that you want. And most advisors do not, cannot, or will not operate that way. Go to jasonquallcfp.com for more. If you listen to the show anytime, anywhere, there's always financialcoachingradio.com Long list of past shows. If you dig in the right spot, uh, you can find shows going back several years. Several years. And that's the beauty of being on a local network here in Middle Tennessee, Rutherford County, Tennessee, and WGNS, your spot for local sports, local talk. I'm going to take the first break. When we come back, we'll talk taxes with Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tethero, Helen Welch, BRB. See you tomorrow. Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free, certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to BakerCouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or BakerCouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Walls, certified financial planner. You're locked into WGNS. Joining in the show is Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tether, Hell and Welch. Over 60 years?
0: 60 years this year, yeah.
1: In the business. And Kevin's a partner there at Tether, O'Hell, and Welch. CPA's offices in McVinville and Murfreesboro. THWCPA.com. And a topic we haven't discussed in a while because, you, you know, You're on the show off and on during tax filing season. Not that it ever ends. You have another deadline coming up in October. I guess let's start there. October 15th-ish deadlines for filing tax returns for those who filed an extension.
0: That's right. Individuals. There's actually a deadline September 15th, too. but For business? For business.
1: That would be corporations?
0: Uh, Partnerships and
1: escorts. So if you filed an extension, those are your new deadlines. Yes. And there's nothing beyond those, too, right?
0: There's nothing beyond. There's no extension granted beyond these dates.
1: And I know we've mentioned it before. Let's just say someone's still not ready by September or October, and they just don't file a return. Nothing really bad happens Except you're going to continue to pay interest and penalties on the yeah. amount you didn't pay.
0: Right. So if you And a lot of these people owe money that extend this deep into the year. Well, I say that. Some people, you know, did the smart move and made – estimates throughout the year they just weren't ready to file didn't have all the information so those people are good uh but it's time to get them filed at this point this time in the year well um, let's
1: talk talk about quarterly estimates or you know because you can pay quarterly estimates as a a sole proprietor or any type of business owner that's right you can pay them even if if you're just a personal filer if you did not have enough withheld and they force you to pay a little extra every quarter right that's right Right. So quarterly estimates could apply to more than just business owners. For those who do not pay quarterly estimates, and you know they always pay it at the end of the year, and I'm guilty of this many times. What's the negative there besides uh, the penalty and the interest?
0: The penalty and and the, and the interest. So if you,
1: and I guess if you just didn't have the money, it'd be different. It'd
0: be different. And and some people their money's tied up during the year for some investment they've got going on. But as soon as they come back around to that money, uh. They need to go ahead and make that estimate, even if it's two or three months late, you know, during the year. Go ahead and make that estimate because the penalty and interest start running when that estimate was due. Um, and, the, you know, all that so, is— So
1: a late filer, you know, they don't, if you haven't filed at all, they don't know what taxes you owed yet, right? But you're right. supposed to go ahead and pay what you think you owe. But let's say you paid nothing. You're, they're going to retroactively go back to April or March— That's right. And pay interest and penalties on that money you owe. That's correct. On the the personal returns where someone is not having enough taxes withheld on their W-2, and you get to the end of a return, and it's all about, see if you can qualify for us to waive the penalty. What's that all about? Uh, I see that on some personal returns that I file for clients. Is that
0: there are some exceptions. They're just not
1: having enough withheld. They pay it at the at tax filing time. They're not worried about it, but there could be a small penalty
0: there, right? And and there's a lot of tax returns we do that'll have small penalties on them. My suggestion is let's not fight those. It's just not worth the time and effort to do it. And the just pay it. We try to calculate any penalty that's owed and put it on the return form. Uh, so just pay it. But there is one. So if you file your return and you you file your return and you say you owe money and there was some penalty and you didn't put the penalty on it. And so you get a letter, you get one of those dreaded letters from the IRS and it and it shows penalty and interest that you owe now. My suggestion for that, if it's a substantial amount if you think it's a substantial amount, go get with your, your tax professional and see if they can do an abatement for you. Now, what that will do is that will remove the penalty, could possibly remove the penalty. You're at the IRS's discretion there, uh, but there are certain situations that it's automatic, but they will not reduce the interest, okay? And everyone, everyone kind of, it's kind of like an unwritten law word. Every time can, everyone can get a basically one-time, you know, smack on the hand for it. But just realize that any interest that's on that notification will not go away. You will end up paying that interest.
1: Do the majority of business owners that you're working with make quarterly tax estimates?
0: It's about half and half.
1: Because that requires, what, monthly, at least quarterly, financial statements to be created to see how much you owe. That's the most efficient way to do it. So let's backtrack. You have a business, it's January through March. You pay an accountant, CPA, bookkeeper to create your financial statement that would show you how much taxes you would owe you would send in that tax amount. You're not filing a return yet. You're just keeping up with it as the year goes. Most business owners should do that. They don't do that.
0: And you can always base it on last year's taxes, too. So most business owners, their income is level from year to year. So they can base it on last year's, and and, and they're going to know if there's a big jump or a big decrease in income from year to year, and that's when you would either add to it or or subtract from it.
1: Oh, uh, do business owners are? Is it ever wise for a sole proprietor or? And I guess that wouldn't really work, but say an LLC that single member, maybe even a multi-member S corporation with just one owner, for themselves to, to pay themselves a W two salary versus just taking the the net at the end of the year.
0: Well, that's a loaded question. So. S-Corps, let's get that out of the way. They have to pay their owners, active owners. Some, re- sa- some salary. There yeah. could yeah. be a
1: distribution.
0: You know, quote, unquote, reasonable salary. Reasonable is not defined. They're not
1: getting away from it on the corporation. Right. So it's just the single-member LLC and multi-member LLC. Right. Partnerships, too, I guess.
0: So with partnerships and multi-member LLC, single-member LLCs, the IRS, it, you're not supposed to pay yourself wages. Uh, if you own that company, if you're a partner in a partnership, and you're active in it, uh, you're not supposed to pay yourself wages. You're supposed; it's considered more than likely self-employment income, uh, and you're subject to quarterly estimates at that point.
1: What's the difference if you pay yourself wages? The company is paying half of the payroll tax if you're. That's paid, right. It's the same, right? You're exactly. So you just right. have a W two,
0: but for. You're because not,
1: the, I think where I'm getting at this is loan qualification for self-employed is tough because uh, lenders, especially on the mortgage side, they love W-2s.
0: Yeah, because it's a hard piece of paper that shows your wages on it.
1: They don't really like looking at a business return. Not as much. No, because they know there's... So I didn't... You, If a single member LLC, you're not supposed to pay yourself a salary. That's correct. What law are you breaking? Is it a law?
0: Uh, I'm not sure if it's a law, but... Uh, and I've had some people come to me that have had single-member LLCs, and they have the owner of the LLC own payroll, and I say, you we're not supposed to do this. And the IRS will smack your hand and tell you to stop.
1: <laughs> what if you're a corporation being taxed as in a flow-through, an you know, LLC or partner, whatever? You get to choose how you're taxed. What about paying a salary then? Would that yeah. be okay?
0: Well, you can't be a corporation and choose to be taxed as an LLC. You can be an LLC. L- that's right.
1: It's a reverse. LLC for being taxed as a corporation. What about that way? So, I uh, so misspoke there. So, an LLC being taxed as a corporation would that work?
0: Yes, you could pay yourself taxes. That I mean, pay yourself wages that way.
1: What are your thoughts? What would you advise there? Is it good to take a W two when you can just to flow it through to make it easier for? It, it for makes it? it
0: easier. It makes. Uh, if you're an owner of a business, you should have a handle on your finances. My suggestion, most of the time, is to take a a, a smaller draw, uh, ownership draw, you know, once or twice a month, and then keep money back in the business, and then make that draw, you know, quarterly to make your estimates. That's the easiest way to do it. As far and, as paying quarterly tax right, estimates, and pretty much base them on the prior year, unless something you know out of the ordinary happens in the current year.
1: Bookkeeping is a big deal. For small business owners, the, the has the bookkeeping world changed at all with technology? Uh, is it still the same? You're taking information to your CPA and dropping it off there, creating your financials. Is there a way? Is there technology that has changed this that makes it easier yeah. for business owners to create their own financial statements that are accurate? Because it's not just inflow and outflow. Because there's a depreciation and other things that come into play.
0: Yeah, it there are you know without you know showing favoritism to one you know one or another bookkeeping softwares there are online versions uh, of bookkeeping software that that can be used if you know how to use them what we run into and i'm not calling any client out in particular is they're not in the business of keeping books so they don't really understand what they're doing they they just know that they got the information entered and we end up coming behind them and doing a lot of cleanup work after the fact.
1: Then one thing would be like a loan payment, right? Because if you you have a loan for the business and you're making, you're saying it's $1,000 a month and you're just putting it in, as a $1,000 expense, that's not really accurate. Only interest would be deductible,
0: right? That's correct. Only the interest
1: would and be deductible. And if they're putting the full $1,000 principal and interest payment into their QuickBooks software, you're going to have to back out the principal part. That's right.
0: We usually ask for an analysis of all loans when we're looking at stuff. So we can see... Uh, you know, each payment, you know, tie that back to the books and make sure the principal matches beginning and ending and the interest matches on the profit and loss.
1: And do majority of firms in this area are they full service tax firms? Are they more tax returns is bookkeeping? Because I know Tether own Helen Welch, they do bookkeeping and payroll plus tax returns. Right. Among you know, those other things you guys do. But. Is that typical in the landscape of CPA firms?
0: Some CPA, some smaller CPA firms. Uh, I'd say it's probably fifty-fifty on uh, firms that do bookkeeping as well as taxes, and firms that don't do bookkeeping.
1: Sounds labor-intensive on the CPA side.
0: It is. Um, I have employees, <laughs> so that's what, that. It keeps. They're, us they're busy. just
1: there to do the bookkeeping yeah,
0: stuff, and they're and they're good at it, so you know and you you come down to the end of the year and there's not much you know the books are right and most of the time these clients they they want to see their P&L, their balance sheet throughout the year at some point in time
1: Tell the Row Helen Welch, CPAs THWCPA.com We'll continue to talk, talk taxes right here on Financial Coaching Radio if you hang around right after this short break and keep it locked in right around here on WGNS. We're back right after this. Start your day with the wake-up room
0: with John Dinkins, Brian Barrett, and Dalton Barrett. They're big. They're big, Andy. We said it at the same time. Oh, my gosh. We're (laughs) finishing our own sentences now.
1: Weekday mornings, 6 to 7.50 on News Radio WGNS. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. No hidden agenda, no books to sell, no financial products to push. I'll leave that to the other show, or shows rather. I'm Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. Jason Qualls, CFP.com for all about me. Let's talk about inflation. Interesting article, Market Watch. Let's see if it's clickbait. Here's the danger for investors holding too much cash, says Wells Fargo. Again, coming from MarketWatch.com. Uh, first thought was, who gives a crap what Wells Fargo thinks? Didn't they get charged with a certain level of overcharging and fraud or something? <laughs> but anyway, for the first time in ages, it pays even after inflation to hold cash, but yields could disguise a pitfall for investors, warrant investment strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Now, they have an institute now, good for Wells. In May 2023, the yield on 30-day U.S. Treasury bill topped 5% and remains so. It stood at 5.3% recently. CDs and high-yield savings accounts are paying north of 4%. Meanwhile, inflation, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, has fallen from mid-2022 peak of 9% uh, year-over-year to 3.2% as of July. Uh, the shift to a positive real cash yield environment has investors wondering if it's time to increase cash holdings or hold cash as they await better opportunities to enter the market. Well, see, that right there it disturbs me. Who says this? It's a global investment strategist. Wait, for, uh, the typical person planning for retirement, you know, you're not a billionaire, you know, you, I don't know if the net worth would qualify. Going down this road, I'm waiting for an opportunity. You need to have a financial plan, a retirement plan, based on your goals, based on what you're trying to achieve. And you need to have an investment strategy that's designed to help you achieve that with the highest level of probability. It's not jumping in and out of trying to find opportunities. That's market timing. That's chasing. But anyway, there is reasons to hold cash on the sidelines. Parking too much of a portfolio in cash can have unintended consequences, this person wrote. The problem is that even if cash yields remain elevated in the short term, history shows cash is likely to underperform... Really? Did Did you know that history shows that cash is likely to underperform other growth assets over time? Who knew that cash did not have the return of the stock market? Who knew? That cash returns did not have the long-term returns of the bond market. It's not every period, of course, but on average, long-term. <laughs> that just makes me laugh. Like that's stating the obvious. captain obvious, there, buddy. Uh, meanwhile, several strategists have argued that longer-dated bonds may have poised to outperform the Federal Reserve. Blah blah blah. Stocks have been doing, been doing well lately. Blah blah. And that was it. Uh, diversified allocation tailored to an investor's goals and risk tolerance can be more effective at capturing the upside return potential of growth assets while monitor or also smoothing volatility. That's precisely what I was getting at earlier. So they, they say all this other wonky stuff to get back to the basics. And it seems like to me, this is an article about cash track. I mean, don't hold too much of your assets in cash. Because you're eating away, you know, inflation is going to eat you alive long term. And you're not going to get the growth that you need to achieve your your income and retirement goals. These are things we all should understand. You know, there's many asset classes, but there's some major ones. There's stocks, there's bonds, there's real estate, and there's cash. And we'll leave out natural resources and all that other stuff. And most investment strategies designed around what you're trying to achieve needs to have some level of all of them how much you need in cash depends and i'm not talking about emergency fund money that should be separate that's not a retirement asset but you may need cash for upcoming withdrawals and other major purchases that are in your investment strategy you may need to have cash on the side setting aside there for opportunities or both but you need to have a reason and understanding of why you have an allocation model of this much in stock this much in fixed income or bonds and this much in cash if you understand that you're ahead of the curve of 90% of the people if you don't believe it this article proves it they talk to us like we're idiots and we're not so there Wells Fargo <laughs> it was clickbait after all All right, this is financial coaching radio Keep it locked in. I'll be back right after this, right here on WGN How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878 Or visit my website, Jason Qualls, CFP. Com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right. Over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072 tetheroe helen welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years so call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com Welcome back. Just a few minutes left. I know you're going to miss the show and you can't wait till tomorrow, but you can. We'll be back every weekday, 4 o'clock right here on WGNS. Looking to learn more about what I do, go to jasonquallscfp.com. Uh, we'll learn to listen to the show via iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff, podcasts, old shows, financialcoachingradio.com is your place. Social media links are there. Uh, Twitter should be there. Facebook should be there. Now We're not very active on social media because I find it a little sales pitchy. Sometimes I do post. Uh, now, business is separate than personal. Uh, but, yeah, check it out. Like us on social media. There's nothing wrong with that. When we post something that we feel is relevant. Or maybe we hit a, a record a, a, a or do a show that we feel like you need to hear. We'll post it there. And uh, you can always correspond with us there. If you have questions or comments or disagreements, I don't mind hearing from listeners. We just appreciate you out there listening because uh, you are the reason we do the show. Certainly not here wanting to hear myself talk because in all in truth, I'm a great public speaker. I just speak what's on my mind, try to tell you what I see as the truth from my perspective, my experience and my knowledge. And I hope that resonates with you. Uh, that's all this show is about but again appreciate you listening today and every day this is the time i am out of here keep it locked in of course right here on wgns there's more local talk on the way